Welcome to the show. We are sharing stories with solutions from people who have overcome adversity and healed their life. I am your host, Victoria Johnson, teacher trainer for the Heal Your Life Workshop Teacher Program and the Heal Your Life Coach Training Program. You can learn more about me and the training at thetraining.ca. That's T-H-E training.ca. As Louise Hay always said, the point of power is in the present moment. So let's get started. Hello, beautiful listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. My guest today is Christine Carey, and she is from Tilly's Life Center. I'm so excited to tell you about Tilly's Life Center. And to be honest with you, I've been speaking to Christine a little bit before we started recording, and I kept trying to ask her questions. And then I would stop myself and say, no, wait, let me ask you that during the interview, because I want us all to learn about it at the same time. It is a program that is Basically, in my understanding, it's leaning towards empowering teens to change their lives. And they've got so many fun things going on right now. So I'm excited to share them all with you and to let you know how you can make a difference as well with Tilly's Life Center. The website is Tilly's lifecenter.org. That's T-I-L-L-Y-S Life Center, E-R, center.org. And you're welcome to check that out while we visit on this podcast. Welcome, Christine. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you for having me. It's good to see you again. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. For the listeners, I met Christine through a radio interview where she was filling in for the regular host and we had so much fun and she had a tendency to put the producer on the spot. So I'm on my toes tonight as we record this podcast. (laughs) You're my soul sister. (laughs) Definitely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, let's start off by talking about Tilly's. So a question that I had for you was, is Tilly's for Tilly's Life Center? Is it for all teens? Is it for troubled youth, um, pardon the expression, but youth who needs, uh, who's maybe facing some adversity and needs some extra help? Tell me more. Sure. So usually we do get kind of categorized into kids that are maybe at risk more than other kids, but it's just basically Tilly's Life Center. We teach social emotional skills. So it's actually a lot of what we do in the work that we do with Heal Your Life. I was a Heal Your Life facilitator. I'm also a study of Louise Hayes and have been for many, many decades, along with a whole bunch of other sages that we've discussed before. And so I did a lot of the curriculum and, a lot, and so much of that work has translated into the curriculum that we're teaching the kids. And the focus was to basically create something that teens could use in their freshman or sophomore year to develop the soft skills, right? So like compassion and, and trust and, and forgiveness and all those uh, kindness, all those great things, right? So that they don't have to deal with a crisis when they're adults. Because so often we, you know, the wheels fall off in our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, right? Because we haven't addressed so many of these things. So we thought it would be, it would be so great to have something for them at that time to do so that they are prepared with the tools to face these challenges that we all ultimately face. So it is not just for kids that we, we don't call them, we don't call them at risk. We call them at promise, which is a nice term. Um, It's also for just every kid because every kid at that age is actually having challenges and struggles, whether it's not feeling like they fit in or if it's something that's really big and it's like an intervention piece. 
You know, as I hear you say that, I'm thinking to myself now, are teenagers really emotionally intelligent enough to get this? You know, the whole compassion, trust, forgiveness piece of things. And as you were saying it, I thought to myself, well, if they are, quote unquote, at risk, they've probably had to grow up a little faster than other kids uh, might have. And I love that you have, have switched that language over to at promise. I was I was one of those at promise kids and at promise feels a lot better to me and has such a, a hopeful future to it. So with the program that you're doing then with the teens, uh, is everything in person? Is some of it online? How does that all work? Sure. Just FYI, I was one of those at promise kids too. <laughs> and this is why I'm doing this work. It is uh, typically what it looks like is we partner with schools predominantly high school, and we also are in some junior high schools as well. We also have started working with colleges. So we have a couple colleges here in Southern California that have adopted our curriculum. And we also work with a lot of nonprofit organizations like um, Children's Hospitals. We're at Juvenile Hall in LA. We have a, a variety of, uh, you know, big brothers and big sisters, all kinds of nonprofits that we work with. And what this looks like is we go in to the schools or on site to the organizations, and we have curriculum that is, we have 48 lessons, and whatever they, However, they want to implement us is up to the organization or the school, but typically we're there for the entire school year. Our facilitators go on site and they teach a 60 minute or a 90 minute class to the students. And we usually go on once a week to deliver the curriculum. Wow, that is amazing. I just can't even imagine having those kind of resources at a high school and college level. So let's sneak back to you since you sure. shared with us that you were one of these at promise youth. And I find that so often people who approach me and say, I want to work with children or I want to work with youth are because they themselves have been there, done that, and they feel like they can really relate and they can really make a difference. So if you feel like sharing, I know we'd love to hear your story of overcoming adversity and really how you went from there to here. Sure. We all have a story, right? We all have a story. Everybody has a story. It's a good thing to keep in mind when you're when you're out in the world dealing with people. <laughs> Everybody has a story. And so my story is not so different than many others. It's not so different and then it is different than many others. And I always like to say, you know, you think you have this this story and then you start meeting other people and you're like, wow, like you <laughs> you've gone through some stuff, right? And a lot of the kids that I've worked with over the last seven years or even 20 years, not only with Tilly's Life Center, but with Heal Your Life um, facilitating, it's amazing the tenacity humans have and the capabilities that we have to be resilient and and not only survive, but thrive, right? So my story is just that I grew up in a home where I had a parent that was an alcoholic and that made my home very unstable and unpredictable. Parts of it were exciting at the time because I was, you know, 10 or 20, starting at like an early age, but really on my own with my parent at age 12. And for a 12 year old, you don't have rules and somebody's really not like plugged in and paying attention to what you're doing. And you're able to kind of like have free reign Part of that is exciting, but the other part of it is you, the unpredictable aspect of coming home and not knowing if your parent is going to be there, um, if your parent's going to be gone for weeks at a time, if 
you're moving again because we're moving again, if you're changing schools again because we need to change schools again, right? Or if the parent is in jail or is the parent in the psych ward because they've been 5150s. So a lot of chaos growing up, a lot of chaos. And as you said before, the app promise kids usually have gone through that chaos and that's why they're a little more emotionally able to relate to this, to these materials. And it's, it's very true. So um, longest stories, I could sit here and tell you a million stories. Some of them are funny and some of them are tragic and they developed the, the scars and they developed the wounds and they also were part of the resources that made me who I am today. And, you know, as that kid, I had, I was talking to somebody earlier that's going through a tough time. And I just shared my story of being a, you know, a teenager at 14, 15, and I didn't want to repeat that mistake or that I didn't want to become the alcoholic. So I had, even though I was partying at a young age, I quit drinking. And we all know that if we don't, if we don't do something about our alcoholism and we, and we just quit drinking, we become dry, right? And at 15, how could you even comprehend any of that? So as a result of that, I became agoraphobic. I had horrible anxiety. I was taking sleeping pills just to function during the day and try to go to school. And I was sharing that experience with them because he was having, you know, some problems with anxiety. And I said, wow, you know, and then you drink and then all the anxiety goes away. So a long story short, I followed that path. The thing that I didn't want to become, I became, and I had my own bout of alcoholism and addiction. And, and for me, I always knew when I was in this and I would tell people this in bars, and this is probably one of the worst things to say to somebody that you're having, you're sitting there having a drink with at a bar, but I would tell people at bars or that I was partying with that I'm an alcoholic. My mom's an alcoholic. My grandfather was an alcoholic. It's just a genetic defect. And someday I, I will probably need to get sober. So I knew for myself that I had a disease and that I was addicted. And I, at that time I could not stop. And it, and it took, it took what it took like it does. And I was very fortunate that my mom ended up getting sober. Makes me want to cry. I, I was, I was very fortunate because a lot of people, this isn't the end of the story for a lot of people. Right. So my mom got sober, she left and she went to Hawaii and we parted ways and she got sober and I continued on my my path. And about five years after that, I had my moment, my moment where I looked in my eyes and I couldn't, my soul was not there. And it was this profound moment of realizing this is it. Either you get sober or you're going to die. So I got sober. I was 21, very lucky to get there at that age and on the road to recovery. And it took, you know, many years of doing the do and doing what we do to work through those wounds and put myself back together and, and get, you know, my self-worth back. And one of the key things besides the, you know, the, the rooms and everything else that we do was that book, You Can Heal Your Life. I was probably two years sober and I was in a bookstore, a spiritual bookstore and getting sage and all this stuff. And I saw that book and that was a, a life-changing moment for me. And it's been my common theme throughout my life. I ended up taking girls that I sponsored through that book. I ended up becoming a Heal Your Life facilitator. And then I ultimately, right now, I'm using a lot of that material and putting it in a curriculum that teens can use for mental wellness. As I listen to you talk, I just think about 
how powerful your message is and that you were so conscious of what was going on around you and yet continued in the behavior. And I think that's something that so many of the listeners can relate to because addiction is sneaky, right? It shows up in all these different ways. It, you know, it's not just drugs or alcohol or things like that. It's, you know, this sabotaging behavior that we participate in, whether it's uh, being addicted to being busy or to worrying or uh, binge eating or binge watching TV or whatever it might be. It's that avoidance technique. The, like you started off saying avoiding that whole anxiety piece. And it's like, right. you know what, if I can just go numb here for a little while, I don't have to feel this and, you know, maybe it'll go away and then I can just continue on. But nothing is ever dealt with that way. Right. And so the magical thing about what you're doing with Tilly's Life Center is you're helping youth and young adults deal with this at their age. And I can't help but think, oh my God, what's going to happen when they're 40? Like what can they accomplish right. when they're not digging through all their old crap, trying to get their life together right. because of what they learned in their youth? Right. It's the bottom line. I mean, every, every time we explain this program to somebody, they're all, I wish I had that when I was a teenager. Or I wish I had that in high school. And it's profound to me that nobody has thought, thought of this before now. You know, we've been doing this for nine years. And I'll tell you, we've been in a lot of uh, conferences recently, like with educators and all of that. And it's on everybody's lips the word, uh, social emotional learning, right? This is the big, it's been around forever, but right now it's prevalent because of the pandemic and everything that people have gone through. And all of a sudden it's, in a, it's at the forefront where everybody's taking a look and going, wow, you know, we have this educational system and not to, you know, point fingers or make anybody feel bad, but we have this educational system that has a health curriculum, right? And in this health curriculum, and I've talked to several educators for several years, but especially recently in this health curriculum, they talk about physical health and they talk about, it was funny. I was on a call the other day with a vice principal and a, and a coach. And they're like, you would, you would be astonished if you saw the health curriculum. <laughs> they're like, it is literally talking about like STDs and physical health. And what else? did they have in there something else and I was like wow I said oh an addiction an addiction they did say addiction and I said well if they had these tools they wouldn't have STDs or addiction you know this is like <laughs> something to prevent both of these things that teenagers are struggling with right so how is it that we have this health curriculum and we don't address mental health or emotional wellness at all like mm -hmm. nobody wants to talk about it like teachers are they're starting to, and they're really, they're struggling with it because they, you know, somebody has to let them know how to talk about emotions and feelings. Right. But it's just, it's bananas that this is a missing piece. And, and I really feel like we all do. And I'm sure you feel this way too strongly that if we, if we change this and mandated, you know, mental health initiatives into our, our school systems, what a difference that would make in society. Well, I think it's so important. Yeah, I think it's so important to take the shame away from it because right. then when we run into those issues as adults, you know, late 20s, 30s, 40s, right. whatever it might be, where we're dealing with, you know, anxiety and so on, we know we can't tell anybody because we've been programmed and right. these young people in the in the school system now are programmed from a young age that we don't talk about that. 
Right. Right. And it's all the soft skills. It's, it's kindness and gratitude and, and how to communicate effectively. I mean, my God, you look at how adults, how the world is navigating right now. And you, (laughs) can you imagine like what a difference that would make if people had compassion led with compassion or kindness? Oh, well, that's something that uh, I can pray for. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. I want to talk about before the show, I asked you uh, what your favorite quote of the moment is. And you gave us a quote or gave me a quote that I have never heard before that is so powerful. And I would love for you to share it with the listeners and what it means to you. Sure. So I use a lot of quotes in our journals that we work with TLC. The kids have journals and I love quotes. I use them and I try to find really relatable people, relatable to them. You know, I try to look for like some punk rockers or some, you know, skateboarders or people like that, that have things to say, but this one's an old school quote and it's, it's really beautiful. It's from Lena Horn and it is, it's not the load that breaks you down. It's the way you carry it. And that is just the truth. That has been the truth for me in my life. It's sometimes it's so much, but if you have the tools and the skills to face the challenge, right? Or face the moment, it's not so bad, right? You know that you're supported. You have these things that are are great ways to alleviate stress. You know that there's, it's not going to be forever. You know, all the little sayings that we say, this too shall pass, but also the actual action techniques that we use to help get us through challenging times. As you say that, in my mind's eye, I see, you know, someone with this backpack and out of this backpack is all of these different things that are holding them down and the weight of that load. And I can't help but imagine if that backpack could be replaced with these soft skills that you're teaching, the kindness, communication, gratitude, compassion, trust, forgiveness, how much lighter that load would be. And you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you know what we're talking about, this heavy load. And I just want to encourage everyone who's listening right now to think about that quote. It's not the load that breaks you down. It's the way you carry it. And how could you carry your load a little bit different? What could you let go of? What could you take out of the backpack and just leave along the roadside? I love that you said backpack. <laughs> it's it's ironic, but it's not because again, I feel like you're my soul sister, but we have a class, um, I Am Feeling. It's all about introduction of feeling, feelings and emotions. And we, we do a lot of, we write meditations for the kids. And in that class, there's a meditation, it's called My Backpack. And it is all about exactly what you just said. It is about them visualizing, carrying that heavy backpack to this garden. And then in that garden, they unload and they bury everything. And then they put all the qualities back in and lighten the load. And you can find, we have a lot of um, meditations on YouTube under Tilly's Life Center. So our, our meditations are on there. Okay, so on YouTube, Tilly's Life Center, I want the people listening to know that they can donate to Tilly's Life Center. You know by now that it is totally worth supporting. Uh, The website is tillyslifecenter.org, so T-I-L-L-Y-S, lifecenter.org. There is a donate button there, so they make it super easy. For those of you who are in um, the LA area, is that correct, or San Diego area? It's Southern California, so LA, Orange County, San Diego. Okay, Uh, so you can donate no matter where in the world you are. 100%. 
donate button. We are we are all one and the youth everywhere need our support and this is really great work. But I wanted to say there is a gala coming up on October 16th. This episode will air before that, October 16th, 2021. It is an annual event. How fun would it be there be to be there uh, even next year if you're listening to this after the event? I know that I would love to come and just be part of this absolutely life-changing and that's not a word I'm using lightly because right. I believe it to be true. Life-changing event, Tilly's Life Center, changing the life of the, the youths, really empowering them so that they can go on to be just these amazing, incredible human beings carrying a very light load in their backpack. Love it. Christine Carey, again, from Tilly's Life Center. Thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. And it's tillyslifecenter.org. Thank Thank you, Victoria. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to become an internationally certified Heal Your Life teacher and coach, please visit thetraining.ca. To be a guest on the show and share your story, please visit victoriajohnson.org. Thank you so much for joining us.